request that you turn in your Bibles to Exodus 15. Because the story you just heard is one of many that reveal that our God is still at work today. And he works to make the difference in our lives. And I want to show you what the passage that we look in today, how, how it illustrates, communicates, teaches us about this awesome God that we serve. Exodus 15. As you turn there, you know that the parting of the Red Sea has occurred. Matter of fact, you can read about it in earlier verses in this very chapter. We will pick up the reading at verse 25 where it says, So Moses cried out to the Lord for help. And the Lord showed him a piece of wood. Moses threw it into the water, and this made the water good to drink. It was there at Marah that the Lord set before them the following decree as a standard to test their faithfulness to him. He said, If you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord... Who heals you? I am, that great proclamation of God, the great I am. I am, I am being Jehovah. I am Yahweh, Yahweh God, Jehovah, the one who heals. I want you to see that this power to do miracles, this healing power is based upon the character and the identity of God. The entire series has to been, is, is to put our focus on the greatness of God. If we once again have God elevated in our vision, in our hearts, then we will be more ready to believe at the level of God rather than circumstance. We allow circumstance to redefine our theology and re re reduce our God to, to what's happening in our circumstances rather than Letting God be God as he is described in scripture. And then we bring God to bear on the circumstance rather than the circumstance to bear on our perception of God. God is big enough for miracles because he is revealed as Jehovah Rapha. In other words, this power that we receive today is intrinsic in the very character and identity of God. We talk about that God is a healer. It's not an addendum to the gospel. There's a great book called Good to Great. It's written by Jim Collins. It's a great book. But after he wrote it, he had another idea, another part that he wanted to add to it, so he wrote an addendum. It's very important that we know that this healing power of God is not an addendum to the gospel that we as Pentecostal Charismatics have written and added to Scripture. But the power of God to do miracles is intrinsic in the very character and identity of God. Right in Exodus 15, God says, I am the Lord, your healer. Jehovah Rapha mentioned 67 times in the Old Testament. It means to bring a cure to bring wholeness, restoration, healing. I am thankful today that our God, Jehovah Rapha, is big enough to bring a miracle in our life. Now notice, 
He also says to us that it's not only in his character, but it's also seen in the cross. Moses is being confronted by people who want something to drink, and the water is bitter. Those people believe there to be sickness and toxin in the water. And so God says to Moses, take this piece of wood, and you take the wood and you put it in the water. And when he took the piece of wood and put it in the water, it says that the water was then good to drink. Sick, toxic water that was of no use. Matter of fact, it was deadly, was so transformed that it became good for the Israelites to drink. Because of this wood, and we have no doubt that this is prefiguring the cross at Calvary, the crucifixion of Jesus, where through this atoning work, when the cross is applied, there is the power to take that which is of no use and make it useful, that which is deadly, and turn it into life-giving presence. We're talking here about the power of the cross. I want to say with great conviction that I believe that God is able to do miracles because it's his character and his identity. I believe because of the cross that when we talk about the cross, inherent in the cross is the power to save your soul and the power to heal you of sickness, to heal you of disease, to heal your emotions, to heal your mind. I'm telling you, the power of the cross is power to make a difference. As sure as bitter waters became good, I want to tell you, that is the transformation that can happen through the power of the cross, the character of God, the cross of Calvary, and then covenant. Because he says in verse 26, if you, and then he lists some things, if you will follow through, then I, and he lists what he will do. Because in covenant, there is God's part, And our part. However, we're dealing with Old Testament. And if there wasn't what we call a new covenant, then today we would be only in a position of faith for miracles if we could live perfectly according to Old Testament law. And Romans 3 tells us that's impossible. That there's none of us that are righteous. Not even one. We couldn't even come close. So we would be hopeless and helpless To see a miracle happen in our lives. But the good news today is there is a new covenant. Because Jesus, he lived perfectly, was tempted in all points, just like we are, yet without sin. Became the perfect sacrifice so that it opened up a new covenant. Therefore, our faith in miracles today is not based on Our righteousness, but on the righteousness of Christ, praise God, that then gives us the ability to have a right standing before God so that we can believe for a miracle today because it's in his character by the power of the cross prefigured in that piece of wood put in the waters ratified when Jesus actually died and rose again and opened up a new covenant Where in right standing through his sacrifice, that was sufficient to honor the expectations of the law, we can believe God for healing. It isn't how much faith you have, it's how righteous Jesus is. 
It, it isn't our ability to kind of create some kind of atmosphere that we can believe enough. It's the fact that our God sent his son and Jesus died and rose again. The perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice. And in that atonement, there is not only salvation for the soul, but restoration for the body. There is a name given, Jehovah Rapha, whereby we can be healed. Well, this is great, awesome news as we seek his face. Here is Isaiah. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. Matter of fact, let me give you that in the NIV. Let's put it on the screen. Isaiah 53, you can turn there if you'd like. Surely he took up our infirmities. Aren't you thankful for that? He carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. Next verse. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. This is the substitutionary work of Jesus Christ. And by his wounds, we are healed. Now many people will say it is very obvious that Isaiah was prophesying of a coming Messiah who would heal the soul. That the sickness refers to the twisted Sick condition that sin left us in. But I want to tell you today that if we allow Scripture to interpret Scripture, we'll learn that Jehovah Rapha not only came to heal our souls and to provide salvation, but also to confront disease and sickness that rack our bodies and to bring healing and deliverance. Turn with me to Matthew 8, if you will. Matthew chapter 8, and let's allow Scripture to interpret Scripture. Matthew chapter 8, let's begin reading at verse 14. I'll give you a moment just to turn in your Bibles. If you see it, it'll mean more to you. When Jesus arrived at Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. But when Jesus touched her, the fever left her. Then she got up and prepared a meal for him. That evening... Many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command. And he healed all the sick. Very important verse coming now, verse 17. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, who said he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. Allowing Scripture to interpret Scripture... Here we have Matthew quoting Isaiah. Literally comes right to verse 4 of Isaiah 53 and verse 6 of Isaiah 53. He shows us a God who comes in. Here's Jesus, walks in in this interventional ministry of Jesus and heals Peter's, Peter's mother-in-law. Then you see a whole different situation. Demon-possessed people and with a simple command... They are delivered. Then there were all of these sick people, and he healed all of them. Thus, it was fulfilled what Isaiah said. He would be wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes, we are healed. So when we preach the character and nature of God, when we lift up the cross of Jesus Christ, when we talk about the new covenant, we're saying the power 
is that to save your soul and to heal your body. Yes, he has forgiven all of my iniquities and healed all my diseases. The sickness that sin left me in has been forgiven and I'm free. But then my body at times is attacked with sickness and there is power in Jesus to heal my body. There are certain things that the church just can't afford to lose. And one is the fact that Jesus Christ is a great physician. He is a divine healer. He can intervene. I'm telling you that there is power in the name of Jesus for miracles. Matter of fact, I like what it says in Luke 5. I'll show it to you in just a moment. There is God's part and our part when it comes to healing. And we don't have to do God's part. This is good news because often when you do a service that is focused on God bringing healing, people leave feeling guilty, going, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my life? What's wrong with my faith? What is wrong with my doctrine? What is wrong with my church? I mean, what? as if this healing power rests with us. And if we can just get ourselves right, then we can then create, no, the the healing power rests with God. And now Luke 5. I love this. Let's see it in the New Living. One day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. Now here's the scene. It seemed that these men showed up. There's a large crowd from villages of Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Let me show you how it's worded. Last sentence Same verse, NIV. Let's go to that, if you will. And the power of the Lord was present. The power of the Lord was present. That has been my prayer for this service. The power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. See, if the power of the Lord is present, then we see the manifestation that this healing rests with God So my anticipation, my expectation is that his power is here. I appeal to you to prepare your heart. The reason I say your heart is because there's a difference in preparing our hearts and our minds. I said this in the first service toward the end, and so many people came and talked to me about it after the service. I thought I'd move it up in the sermon. There is a difference in doubt and unbelief. I can believe in my heart and doubt in my mind. I do it all the time. It's in my spirit that I can comprehend things of supernatural origin that my mind can't wrap itself around. I can't wrap my natural mind around incarnation, virgin birth. I can't wrap my natural mind around one who was so horribly beaten as Jesus was at Calvary. And then he rose again triumphantly three days later. But my heart, my spirit can get a hold of that. I can believe in my heart. I say that because often in the natural, I'm looking at circumstances and I'm saying, this isn't getting better, it's getting worse. And because my natural mind sees the circumstance, 
I can have a lot of doubt. Or if the circumstance is turning and things are looking up and things are getting better, then I'm in a greater position of, say, faith because my natural mind is seeing in the natural things begin to turn. But through Scripture, when God's people had their back against the wall, there was no hope in sight. Red seas, fiery furnaces, a lion's den, Lazarus in a tomb. No hope in sight, yet hearts still found a way to trust. Hoping against hope, miracles happened. I don't ask you to prepare your mind today. I ask you to prepare your heart. If I said prepare your mind, come on, start working on your mind because we can't bring doubt when we start to pray. Then we turn into a whole different religion. It's called Christian science, which is very little science and no Christianity. And all the emphasis is on whether or not you can get your mind over matter. Then perhaps you position yourself to receive power. And so I'm not so sure we don't practice that because we leave feeling guilty. What's wrong with me, my faith, my doctrine? We need to remember power rests with God. Healing power is in the hands of God. And my mind can be racing with doubt, while at the same time, my heart, my spirit man, which can comprehend things that my natural mind will never be able to comprehend. See, matter of fact, our minds can work against us because we try to figure it out, don't we? And there there are just some things way past our finding out and figuring out. So you have to allow your heart to embrace truth Truth is Jesus as presented in Scripture. Jehovah Rapha, all the way back in Old Testament, prefigured by the wood put in the bitter waters, ratified at the cross when Jesus, the God-man, died and then rose again with healing power so that my heart can believe. Even if the circumstance says there is no hope and out of that situation comes a cry, help me, Jesus And God begins to do the supernatural, the intervention of Jesus, the great physician. And I say, praise him, for by his stripes I'm healed. Bless his name. That's the substance of the word of God as seen in the person of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So that's why we have the story of the Jarnigans that you saw today. That's why when we asked for people a few weeks back, why don't you post some stories of your life. Robert Lindsay talked about how in 2005, in December, his cancer had returned and went through a series of biopsies, 30 to be exact, in January of 2006. And they said, we're going to have to amputate your leg. A couple more tests just before surgery, and everything had changed. No one understood it. And the doctoral team says this, our equipment must have been broken when we did those 30 biopsies. But the Lord had given him a promise right out of Isaiah 53. I was amazed. All these different people who gave us stories, and so many of them referenced Isaiah 53. And I'm going, amen, because it's not only that your soul can be saved, it's that your body can also be restored. 
Cancer's not too difficult for Jehovah Rapha. I want you to know that today. Tammy Bergen, who wanted a family, couldn't get pregnant, sought the face of God, finally gets pregnant, then has a miscarriage. But God gave her a promise. This was in April. God said, by July, he spoke that. I want to tell you, we serve a God who can, who can do just that. He can speak to your heart a promise. So on June 29th, her first baby boy was born. There's another family, the Baker family, who wrote of a story of infertility and all they had done, how they had, had prayed and sought God and served God, and basically just was holding to a promise. And now they have a beautiful, wonderful family. I'm talking about different kinds of needs from cancer to a passion and a desire to have a family, to Amber Tozer, who was a wonderful student, but took a wrong path as a teenager. Young adult, ended up in Las Vegas with a broken, messed up, addicted life, addicted to crystal meth, had reached the bottom, and she cried out on the name of Jesus. And today she is completely free, can hardly put her Bible down, a whole different person. Karen Fultz, who had migraines and diagnosed with two golf ball-sized hematomas, and they did brain surgery. She then had to learn how to talk again, how to walk again, how to write. But God has brought her through, and she's doing great. And I just inserted something, and that is, thank God for medicine and thank God for doctors there is the interventional ministry where it's instantaneous I mean God does it he is the great physician and you never have to go for one appointment but then as the Jarnigans they're giving God praise for healing and there were doctors and there was treatment thank God the Bible says that a merry heart does good like what? So a merry heart is good for you, and God is saying that. He said, now look, I need to find an illustration so my people will see just how good a merry heart is for them. Hey, I think I'll choose medicine because medicine is good. It is part of a healing process. So I give God praise. I tell you, in this country, we should praise God. Now, I know some are going, he's getting into that health care. I'm smarter than that trying to have a victory service here today. This is like Miracle Day. I'm, I, see, don't, don't go there. I, I'm talking about, you know, anyway, let's just move on. Okay, because you know, you know, you're ahead of me. Lisa Kirkley, let me tell you her story. Raped as a little girl, ends up later in life in an abusive relationship, marries the guy. It ends ultimately in a bitter divorce. She's not only drug dependent, but suicidal. She called out on the name of Jesus. Today, she is a transformed person, has a new life and a wonderful family. God has set her free because God can heal the soul. God can heal our emotions. God can heal our bodies. That's what I'm talking about when I say God is big enough for miracles. It's Kathy Key 
the lady who leads all of our Just For Her women's ministry, who in 2007 was battling breast cancer. And while taking treatment, they played a song. And it was a song right out of Isaiah 53. And the Holy Spirit spoke to her and said, I am singing that over you. Today, she is cancer-free, healed by the power of God. The Lord, she, she, she claimed the psalm says she's been delivered from the pit and been healed. That is the God we are talking about today. So may our anticipation be that his power is here. So let us just open our hearts to him. Amen? I will close with the book of James. Here are some questions that he asks. Let's work through them. He says in chapter 5, verse 13, Are any of you suffering hardships? Here's his response to the question. Well, you should pray. Here's the next question. Are any of you happy? Now understand this question, if you will, in the context of the book of James. He's told them in chapter 2 that you should be joyful in trial. And they're like, this is intense persecution. How do we really do that? And he is, he's trying to show them and teach them how to find joy in the midst of difficulty. He says, are any of you happy? Have you reached that yet? Well, if not, you should sing praises. So he's showing them the powerful spiritual weapon that praise is in spiritual warfare. Then he says, are any of you sick? Then you should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. Such a prayer offered in faith. Faith in who? Faith in God. Certainly not the circumstance. I have prayed for people before through more doubt than I could possibly describe to you. But my faith wasn't in me. My faith was in God. Jehovah Rapha. The Lord our healer. I could think of nothing better on a day like today than for many people as we exit the building to say, one saying, God's forgiven my sin and healed my soul. While another says I was broken and messed up emotionally, but the healer began to mend my broken heart. While another one said I was fighting sickness and God healed me. Because that's the power of our Lord today. And I want us to just open our hearts to Him. I want us to be responsive to Him. I don't care what you've seen when it comes to to a service where we pray for healing. You can trust me that this will be done decently and in order. Because not a one of us who will be praying has the power to heal you. And you can't heal yourself. It is Jesus Christ. The Bible says, but we can pray together and ask him to do just that. There's nothing too difficult for him. There's nothing too hard for him. Whether you can wrap your mind around this is not the issue. Can you just open your heart? 
You say, Pastor, I'm just challenged right now because you pray for one person, they're healed, and then the next person. Isn't it interesting in the Jarnigan story, and I'm so glad it was there, that one reason there was such fear in their heart is because in their church, a little child had died. There are questions I have no answers for. That's why heaven is heaven. Because when we finally get to heaven, there won't be any more sickness. If God heals you of your sickness, I want to tell you, it will not be the last battle you ever face. Right? You know, God healed Peter's mother-in-law. But at some point, she died. But the Lord wanted to do that to prove himself to her and to do a certain work. So I am I'm very at peace with the sovereignty of God. But I'm also at peace with calling out on the power of God. I see it as like handlebars. I'm holding to his sovereignty. He has all knowledge. He knows exactly what needs to happen when. But I believe in his power. If I only believe in his power... I get out of balance. But if I come over here and say, well, he's sovereign. He will do what he wants and prayer makes no difference. So why even pray? I get out of balance. When Moses was on the mountain praying and Joshua was in the valley fighting the Amalekites, as Josh, as Moses prayed, Joshua prevailed. Because it makes a difference. Matter of fact, over and over again in the New Testament, it says, ask, and you shall receive. So there is a part that we have to open our hearts and trust, regardless of what our mind is saying. To ask, to believe that his power is available, to trust his sovereignty, then we can't lose. We're on the winning side. We cannot lose. It's victory either way it goes. See, then we're free to just let God be God. And miracles can happen for God's glory. It's such a free way to live. And it's such a, it's such a, a pure way to approach the throne of God. We trust you. We believe you. Now, Lord, have your way. And he will. Holy Spirit, take these thoughts, these passages, and these stories as they come together. Let it just stir an anticipation to pray in the name of Jesus, believing that we can receive from you exactly what we need today. Prayer team, will you come this morning? These wonderful men and women are going to help me to pray for everyone in this room that needs prayer. In our first service, it was a great group of people that came forward. We prepared so that there's plenty of time. There's no rush whatsoever. So if in your heart there's sin, you're in rebellion against God, but you're convicted of that today, you can come and say, Lord, forgive my sin and heal my soul. If you're stressed out, there's some emotional challenges. You need his help. He's your healer. Physical sickness, he's your healer. Relational challenge, he's your healer. He's your present help today. So whatever the need, I want you to come. And once you have responded, I promise you we'll pray for you. They will have a season of prayer for the first person. 
and then they'll move on to the next until everyone has been prayed for. If you don't come forward, I pray you pray for those who do as though they're your, your blood brother, your blood sister, and say, God, help them today. All right? As this team sings, if you need prayer, stand and begin to come. You hold my every You come. You come.
because your bodies are bought with a price for you are not your own you're his I am just sensing a connection of that in the healing message that we're not our own we're his so what right does sickness have you know if someone if you walk out of this church today and someone attacks you They have no right to do that. So you will call the authority and prosecute to the full extent of the law because they did something they had no right. They have no right. You are not your own. You've been bought with a price. You're his. So what right does anything have to attack you? Paul said, that's right. I wrote it. That's why I also said... If God is for us, then what could ever stop us? Who could stop us? God is with us. What can stand against us? Angels or demons? Height or depth? Principalities or powers? Things present or things to come? Nothing. Because you're His. That's authority that comes by way of the cross. Hallelujah. I'm God's today. Satan doesn't have a right. There's a bloodline. Our God is great. Our God is greater. 
comes from God. The authority is in the name of Jesus. The victory comes through the cross, the empty tomb. So just walk. Walk in healing. Walk in power. Walk in freedom. I love you. God bless you. God is big enough for miracles. Amen? Walk in that today.